This audio lecture is based entirely upon the case book Computer Aided Exercises in Civil Procedure by Roger C. Park and Douglas D. McFarland. The case book is published by Cali E. Langdell Press and licensed Creative Commons Attribution Non Commercial Share Alike 3.0 Unported. That means that the authors have allowed everyone to copy and redistribute the material in any medium or format, and remix, transform, and build upon the material as long as users give appropriate credit, don't use the material for commercial purposes, and redistribute the contributions under the same license. Much thanks is due to the authors for writing this book and providing it to everyone for free. In furtherance of this spirit, and in compliance with the original license, I also license this audio lecture as Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share Alike 3.0 Unported. I hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Civil Procedure Lectures. This is part six, and in this lecture, we'll be talking about summary judgment. So federal rule... 56. Since 1938, summary judgment has been governed in federal courts by the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure 56. The key language of that rule from its beginnings until today is the following. The judgment sought should be rendered if there is no genuine issue as to any material fact. The important concepts here are material fact and genuine issue. While either party can move for summary judgment, it is almost exclusively a defendant's weapon. Accordingly, the following discussion assumes defendant is moving for summary judgment. A material issue of fact is one that would affect the result of the case. For example, in an auto accident case, the fact of whether plaintiff or defendant had the green light, would be material. When, however, defendant moves for summary judgment on the basis of the statute of limitations, the motion will be granted should the courts determine the statute has expired. Any issues in the case, color of the traffic light, speed of the vehicles, amount of damages, are immaterial. The only issue that matters to the result is whether the statute has expired. Similarly, a suit for breach of contract presents fact issues of offer, acceptance, consideration, and damages. None of these issues is material when the defendant moves for summary judgment based on res judicata. Neither would any of the issues be material should the basis for the motion be failure of the plaintiff to assert the claim as a compulsory counterclaim in the defendant's earlier suit against the plaintiff. Of course, these situations are uncommon. Typically, the fact issues in the case will be material. More common is a summary judgment motion based on the plaintiff's failure to raise a genuine issue of fact. A genuine fact issue is one that is not frivolous. 
Plaintiff can make many factual allegations in the complaint, but a genuine issue is one that has evidentiary support. In that sense, summary judgment is the means for the defendant to test whether the plaintiff has anything to back up those allegations. The plaintiff must present facts that would be admissible in evidence at the trial. A supporting or opposing affidavit must be made in personal knowledge and set out facts that would be admissible in evidence. The affidavits or other materials such as depositions or interrogatory answers must be based on personal, first-hand knowledge, not hearsay or opinion. For example, a plaintiff sues for defamation, alleging defendant called him a business cheat. Defendant moves for summary judgment and includes the affidavits of three disinterested eyewitnesses, all stating that they heard the entire exchange and defendant uttered no such statement. Plaintiff responds with the affidavit of a person who was not present, stating she heard from another person that the defendant had uttered the words. Summary judgment will be granted. The affidavit of plaintiff's witness is based on hearsay, not personal knowledge, and will be disregarded. Without it, plaintiff has no issue of fact preventing summary judgment. Or if plaintiff responds by arguing that the complaint alleges the defamation occurred. This also is unavailing as a complaint is not based on personal knowledge. Summary judgment will be granted as plaintiff has failed to come forward with admissible evidence of the fact to demonstrate a genuine issue. What if plaintiff puts in his own affidavit or verifies the complaint, stating that the defendant made the statement? Despite the evidence of the three disinterested eyewitnesses versus plaintiff's interested solo statement, summary judgment should not be granted. The court will not weigh the credibility of the evidence of the two sides. The summary judgment motion seeks fact issues. It does not seek to decide them. And that brings us to the end of this short audio lecture. Thanks, everybody, and take care.